Hey guys, welcome to Upbeats. I'm your host, Parker Kane. Thank you very much for being here and for listening in today. I appreciate it. This episode is a really, really fun episode uh, with Anna Rose. She's a speaker, coach, and brand strategist. She's determined to help people and in her business specifically help women get unstuck, find their unique purpose, live a fulfilling life, and make an impact in the world. And in this episode, we talk about all those things and so much more. Uh, We covered a lot of ground in this one. Uh, We talked about passion, morning routines, meditation, brand building, how to not hold yourself back, mental health, TikTok versus Instagram, work-life balance, time management, (laughs) all of it. We talked about all of it. So that's a really good one. Be sure to connect with Anna on social media. Her handle is at loveannarose. Anna is spelled A-N-N-A-H, and her website is AnnaRose.com. So go check it out. Give her a follow. And while you're at it, follow the show and share this episode with a friend. Like I said, it's a really, really good one, and I'm excited you're here to listen in. Quick disclaimer, though, before we jump in. This episode was recorded before stay-at-home orders and before there was a declared global pandemic. Uh, So there were times where I mentioned that people, that I never see people really going live on Instagram anymore, which obviously is not the case now. Now, as tons and tons of people are going live on Instagram. Also, there's a part where we're talking about time management and how to be productive even when you go into your nine to five job, which I'm assuming right now a lot of us are probably not going into work. We're probably working from home. So we wouldn't advise going to work right now or connecting in person right now, but the principles are still there and are still the same and are very, very helpful when improving productivity working from home. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Again, thank you very much for listening in, you guys. This is an awesome episode with Anna Rose. Let's get into it. Anna, thank you very much for joining me on Upbeat. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're so welcome. I'm super happy and excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited too. Uh, And I'd love to just kick this interview off by learning more about you and introducing you a bit more in depth to those who are listening in as well. So if you could just briefly share with us a little bit more about you, maybe even like from childhood until now, what were some of your dreams growing up? Like who is Anna Rose? Yeah. um, Wow. Childhood to now. Well, I'm 31. (laughs) So that's a long time for me. Um, Uh, I am the oldest of six and honestly, I always wanted to be a teacher. So I would always play like school and for like, I'd make my siblings be students or I would, uh, I would use my doll, like American girl dolls. And I, I loved going to like the teacher supply store. I don't even know what that's called. But it was like, it was like specifically for teachers. My mom was a teacher and I just thought it was so cool, especially stickers. I don't know if stickers were like, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, no, I really wanted to be a teacher for like most of my life. And then when I got older, I didn't really have, like, I didn't really want to be a teacher anymore. I don't really think now that I'm like diving in, I don't really think I actually like thought about it much after like, let's say middle school, but I I wanted to be a cultural anthropologist in like eighth and ninth grade. And then in 10th grade, I got really into uh, crime dramas, like Criminal Minds. (laughs) And I really wanted to be a forensic psychologist. And and I think that kind of carried over uh, into college. And then I remember I went to college to my first forensic psych class. I was not a major in, in forensic psych that wasn't available at my school, but you were able to take that type of class. And I went in and he goes, uh, my, my professor goes, 
how many people want to be a forensic psychologist? And I think like the whole class raised their hands and he goes, guess how many are going to actually be a forensic psychologist? And everyone was like quiet. And he goes, none of you. Oh, and we man. were like, what? And so he basically explained how hard it is to become a forensic psychologist and how you have to get your, um, you have to go to like grad school and then get your doctorate and then from your doctorate, get your diplomate. And then from there you have to be like, uh, awarded by the court to be a, uh, executor, like a high level testifier or whatever that's called. Anyway, it was very exhausting. And so after that I was like, okay, maybe that's not for me. That's like 20 years of school. And you I got, don't like you have better life. ways to use your time. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't think so. Like, I don't know. And so basically from there, I honest, like to, to be really frank, like I stopped kind of thinking of like, what do I want to be when I grow up? And I just started working and I was in sales and I just got really good at sales while I was in school. And then from there, after college, I ended up in doing biz dev for, uh, for Lexus. And then from there, I did, I was like an account executive and event planner at a startup in Manhattan, uh, selling like ad space. And then from there, I fell into the digital marketing space. So it's been kind of like this random falling into things. And so basically, I've been in the digital marketing space since 2013. I started off as someone's assistant, and a month later, I was um, promoted to director of operations, and then uh, six years after that, director of brand. And I recently uh, resigned at the end of August and um, have been full-time on my uh, company, which is Um, and I do uh, brand strategy and business coaching. I birthed my own brand in 2015. And I've just been progressively like building and scaling that ever since. Awesome. Well, thanks for the the brief summary of who you are. We we all appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. I hope it wasn't too exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, but let's see here. So originally, like your passion was like teaching and to be a teacher. Do you think now in in where you're at today? even though it's not necessarily to like go and be a school teacher, do you think teaching is still probably like your number one passion? Yeah, actually, it's funny because I thought about that today. I was talking to one of my clients who um, is a teacher and I was thinking about that and, and I definitely am a teacher in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I run a, a business mastermind and um, I teach people how to create their online brand from, you know, conception to your first course and first launch. And every week for six months, we go through a lesson. And so I'm like here on Zoom and I'm, you know, showing slides and explaining how to get from A to B. And every time I, you know, bring people through that, I perfect it um, and, and, you know, it evolves and it, it is really fun. And, and you know, I'm, I'm teaching people how to gain lifestyle freedom and, and make an impact in their own way. So that's really awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, let's, let's get into that too. Uh, I was just, you know, hopping over to your website a couple of days ago to just kind of see uh, what you're all about, you know, and I saw the uh, 14 days to freedom and the life coaching and the business coaching. So could you share with us maybe a little bit more about what that is, like the 14 days to freedom and some of the things you teach about? Yeah. So the 14 days to freedom is um, like a free guide that I have on my site. Um, it's 14 journal prompts. I believe it's to rock your life, love yourself and unleash your magic within. Um, it kind of birthed, I was, it actually, where it birthed was the Ace Hotel in the lobby. I sat one day and wrote that um, feeling really inspired having, uh, having had just been traveling and, you know, for what, what's really important for me is personal development. 
what I wanted to do was to create some type of guide to help people make a change in two weeks. And, you know, it takes 21 days to build a habit. I think two weeks gets you kind of on your way. And it basically has a journal prompt uh, to kind of dive into some type of question that allows you to, you know, look at yourself with like a magnifying glass and, and, and see, you know, where you can grow. And then there's a mantra that goes along with it to repeat throughout the day. And it, it really helps you kind of like build morning rituals, which I talked to all my clients about. I feel like it's, you know, how we set up our morning really sets the tone for the day. Like I know personally, and, and I'm sure you can relate on some level. If I wake up and I'm stressed or like there's chaos going on, like my whole day feels off. And then I'm just like, you know, that, that did that not only does the day not go as planned, but then you're on a day of calls and you're just feeling antsy and, you know, you just don't feel like yourself. And so I really feel like the, the guide and, and the way that I, you know, really talk to my audience, it's about, you know, building those habits and, and those rituals, like a morning ritual that really can set yourself up for success. I love that. And would you yeah. say that like for people, there's just all kinds of different really good ways to set up your morning or do you think there's kind of like one perfect way that just no matter no matter who you are if you start this way it's just going to be a better day well so it's hard right because like i'm super spiritual like i'm a hippie i have crystals in my hair like i have my crystals all over my apartment i do tarot readings you know what i mean so it's like the way that i'm gonna start my day I like to like meditate i like to um do gratitude practice i like to pull tarot cards you know so I think for for everyone, it's it's going to be what makes you excited. So, you know, I was talking to a nut because I had a whole day of calls before you and I got on. And one of my calls was actually about helping uh, this woman kind of set up her day. And, you know, she really likes the idea of a gratitude practice. Does she like the idea of meditating? Not quite. So that doesn't work for her, right? So I think, you know, my biggest takeaway that I would say is for the listeners, if you're thinking of something, a, a good way to start your morning, think of the things that help you feel excited about your day. So like for me, it's a really good cup of coffee. So I really get excited to like have my coffee and sit at my desk and light my candles and, you know, think of like the people on my calendar and how I can help them. And so it's like, what makes you excited to wake up in the morning? Is it, is it a really good breakfast? Is it, you know, a nice piece of fruit? Is it coffee? Is it journaling? Is it going on a really nice walk? Is it going to the gym? Like whatever it is that makes you, you know, excited about your day, implement that first thing. So that's kind of what I tell my, my clients or my audience, my readers on my email list, because I don't think it's one size fits all. And I do see a lot of books that do preach one size fits all, but everybody is different. And what will help people thrive is, is all is all different and tailored to, you know, whatever works for you. Mm -hmm. I think that stuff is super uh, fascinating. You know, I, I just like for me, I suck <laughs> like getting up in the morning to go to the gym, but like, like I would be more amped to do, that, to do that at night. But in the morning for me, it's like, okay, hot shower, good, good breakfast. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But the, the thing that I think is fascinating too, is like meditation since doing my podcast, like I've had so many guests like, like say that that's part of their routine. So I'm starting to look in the, into that too. But what's like some just kind of basics uh, in regards to meditation in the mornings? Yeah. So I would say, um, obviously finding a quiet space. So, you know, if it's closing your door or, uh, if you have roommates, you know, um, 
picking a time or, or a space like when they're not there or, you know, partners or whatever, finding a space that's yours um, or that you can make yours, even a corner of your room. Um, and then sitting comfortably or lying down is perfectly fine. And then, you know, you just close your eyes. I recommend using Insight Timer. Uh, it's something that I started using back in um, 2014 when I started uh, beginning to meditate. And I would just start with small increments of time, five minutes, and every week add another five until you're up to like 20 and so on until, you know, you feel like that's good. And a really big basic is, you know, whether you're sitting down or you're, or you're lying down comfortably, just doing deep breaths in and out with your eyes closed and the meditation there becomes your breath. So it could be, you know, you're closing your eyes and you breathe in, inhale in, exhale out. And you just remind yourself, you know, that's kind of your mantra going, going through it for beginners. And, and, and your mind will naturally go off to the side or think of the things that you have to do during the day or, you know, whatever that is. And it's about bringing it back to that breath. So, you know, like I said, so, you know, if you're, if you're thinking of anything else and you come back and be like, inhale in, exhale out. And so just focusing on your breath. And like I said, for, for increments of five minutes, um, at a time and moving upwards towards 20, uh, would be a really good start. Awesome. Appreciate that. That's really good advice. Definitely something for all of us to look into, right? Just yeah. make, make our mornings better. <laughs> yeah. And I think like being able to take some quiet, like to like ground in the morning is, is can be helpful for anybody. True. Absolutely. I'd agree with that. <laughs> um, so let's see here. I wanted to ask you about like more on your business too. It seems like you specifically um, gravitate toward uh, coaching women. So could you tell us uh, maybe how you stumbled on to coaching women specifically? Yeah. So basically um, back in 2000, in 14 at the end of the year I started my blog and um, I was just kind of like writing for anybody um, that would come across and uh, I mean the, the rule number one in, in digital marketing and when you're creating a brand is knowing who your audience is and so I had to you kind of have to pick one because how you're gonna write for women is not gonna be the way that you're gonna write for men and so on and so forth doesn't matter what you're selling you know mm -hmm. um, and I really resonated with working with women. I mean, I, um, felt like, you know, the, my why reason and, and, and why I created what I created, which was, I never want any woman to not feel good enough. And I want everyone to, woman to expand, um, and, and be able to feel worthy enough to make an impact in their own life was something that, you know, women deal with every day, right? Women deal with certain things since the beginning of time. And that is, uh, you know, feeling worthy enough to, to stand up and speak up and take up space and all those things. And so, you know, you can't really talk to guys about that. Uh, <laughs> cause guys will be like, I understand, but the way that, you know, I'm going to coach is not, is, is going to be very women centric and women empowerment. And that's really important to me. What I will say though, is that I still do work with men if they reach out. Um, and I, and I do have multiple male clients those ideas resonate with them. So they, they come to me or they've been referred to me. So I don't shy away from working with either, but I, it's really important for me to work with women and to empower them to stand in their greatness. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. What do you think it is, I guess, with, with any of us, right, with starting businesses, with finding our voice, with motivating ourselves to stand up? Like what 
is it that holds that holds us back? Um, well, it's actually really simple, but yet really complicated, and it's ourselves. It is our mm. our our conditioning, our negative feedback loop. It is getting in our own way. You know, um, I'm sure you have these conversations all the time, and I know I have these conversations all the time with with people. And it's a, the thing that you resist the most is the thing that you need to do the most, right? But you have to take the step. I mean, how many times have you sat and looped over? Um, being wor- feeling worried to have that, you know, a difficult conversation and then you have it and it's never as difficult, you know, and it's mm-hmm. the same thing, right? We loop and we get in our own way and prevent ourselves from taking those steps, from standing up, from speaking up, you know, um, from expanding, from starting your own business, from starting your social media, from creating content on TikTok and, you know, all these things. And we, we get so afraid of like what others are going to think of us or we tell ourselves we can't. And, um, you know, whatever ne- negative feedback loop follows you because, you know, follows all of us. We all have ours. And so that is the biggest thing that prevents us from doing the thing. It is it is our ourselves, right? It's not... I mean, sure, it could be finances sometimes, but at the end of the day, like it doesn't really cost anything to start a free WordPress site, you know, or to start a social media or to start creating video content on YouTube, right? But it's our worry that it's not going to resonate. It's our worry that there's not enough room. There's our worry that no one's going to watch, right? And so it all comes back to ourselves getting in our own way and you just have to trudge through. And the best way to trudge through would be to taking, taking the first step. Love that. So, so fear is a big part, like fear and then just ourselves be letting fear, you know, motivate us rather than other things motivate us. A 1000%. Awesome. I love, I love that, that insight. And it seems to like a large percent of what you do is just help people get unstuck. So the first step is the most important. Uh, but even if you're just like, I guess like depressed or super discouraged or unmotivated or, or even frustrated like just having that hard time like moving on like what are what are some things to like help people let go of whatever's bothering them and then actually like take that first step well i would say the first thing would be remembering you know there's this book the four agreements and uh if any of our any of your listeners have read it or if you've read it or uh there's always there's this there's this agreement and it's always your best now we've been conditioned to think that we always need to do our best, right? We always need to be on it and, um, and show up and all these things. But in reality, your best varies day to day. So when, you know, you might be feeling depressed and you can't get out of bed, well, then you're doing your best that day might just be getting on. It might just be pushing yourself to go outside. It might just be pushing yourself to make yourself breakfast or to call a friend and vent, you know? So I think what it is, is, remembering that, you know, if you're going through something, it doesn't necessarily have to be a huge step. The first step, it could just literally be like something very small. Some, like I said, like getting out of bed or reminding yourself that you, you can do it. And it is hard, especially, you know, when mental health and everything is, is factored in. And I think at that point, it goes beyond that. And it's a lot, your step might just be leaning on your community and, and allowing them to, to be there for you emotionally and support support yourself. Like we also, yes, you know, we are the ones in control, but at the same time, we don't have to do it alone. True. Yeah. I love that. And and while you were saying that, all I was thinking was just like how important it is to just drop the act, like drop the image and just 
just be more vulnerable, not not only like on, with your content and like to other people, just be authentic, be vulnerable, but like how important that is to be vulnerable with yourself too. too. Like sometimes I feel like people are fooling themselves mm-hmm. and it's like you just drop the act and just be like real and just do the things you really actually need to do. Yeah, like I, or, and even you can go beyond that and like, tell your your friends that you're going through something i think a lot of us tend to hide because we want to have a face on you know and we Mm -hmm. want everything to be like oh we're great but like if you're struggling like tell someone you're not going to be judged we've all been there and i think that you know when we don't tell people what's going on then then we're also doing a disservice to ourselves. It doesn't mean like, you know, let all social media know that you're struggling, but it's okay to lean on the people around you for a little bit of emotional support because once we feel supported, then we can support ourselves and then, you know, um, we can take that step, you know, depending upon where you're at in, in things or or you just tell yourself, you know, like today might not be a good day, but tomorrow's a new a new day, so let's try it again. Love that. Well, and <laughs> I'm a huge advocate of just letting the conversation go uh, where, where it needs to go and like just talking about whatever comes to mind. So I hope you don't mind. This is going to be kind of uh, maybe a wild transition here. No worries. <laughs> but when you were saying that, I just couldn't help but think of TikTok versus Instagram. Like that's what went through my mind because I feel like Instagram is so image centric, you know? And yeah. I, and I feel like TikTok is more just like people just being themselves and being funny what are what are your thoughts on that because I know you're huge huge on TikTok like you you're doing really good by the way I I love your videos but thank you (laughs) but but yeah what are your thoughts on that because I know there's probably a lot of listeners too who maybe don't even have a TikTok yet yeah so it is definitely it's like Instagram's like the corporate setting and like TikTok's the startup you know what I mean like Instagram you're gonna wear like suits and be proper and then TikTok you can be messy it does definitely like feel that way for sure I mean I know um, my Instagram audience is very different from my TikTok audience the cool thing about TikTok is it favors original content so you know, that's where you'll see like really big influencers joining TikTok nowadays, but they probably won't keep up with it because they have to keep, they have to keep creating, you know, like original content. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, and TikTok is supposed to be fun and it's supposed to be engaging and it's supposed to just be you. I mean, for Instagram, I will like look very presentable in my stories or in my, uh, feed, but TikTok, I will roll out of bed and make a TikTok and literally not care. Um, so I do really think like there is something to be said, like what you're, you know, what you're saying, where social media is headed now is definitely towards like short form video content, easy to grasp things that, you know, people can watch quickly and and move on from it. And, um, and, and that's why I really like TikTok because it's fun. You can laugh, you could cry with, with the creator, you know, if they're expressing something emotional and you can, you can have fun, you could feel like you're there or if you're creating the content, you know, you could do literally most anything and and you get a reaction from people and, and it, it is really fun. It's, it's kind of a way to like let your hair down and share yourself like the real you with an audience. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. Well, and to your point too about like short form content, I mean, obviously I'm a huge podcaster and podcast consumer and I'm not trying to bash on like Joe Rogan or something, but like for example, I love his stuff, but his episodes can be like 
like three hours long sometimes. Yeah. And I'm just like, I literally like, dude, I love you, but like, I cannot get through. Like, I don't have the time <laughs> to like sit here and listen through three hours of this one podcast. Whereas with TikTok, I'll find that I did an hour and a half of scrolling and I was like, where did the time go? And I consumed like a hundred different creators content just like that. Yeah, no, I mean, I did that last night. Like I had a, a sinus headache all day, but yet I still found them. I'll watch TikTok with the sound off <laughs> and I'll just like watch it. Um, and, I, and then it's like an hour later and I'm like, wow, I thought I was going to go to bed and yet I'm still here. But it is that, right? And you you get to be exposed to multiple multiple pieces of content and multiple multiple creators in such a short period of time where in that time you you could probably only listen to one or two podcasts or, or one or two episodes on Netflix and you're like ready to fall asleep um, whereas I think TikTok you're stimulated in so many different you know by so many different different types of content there I mean in one scroll you can see dancing another scroll you can see comedy and another scroll you can see someone explaining something um or how to bake a cake and then another scroll you're someone's explaining Mm -hmm. something that happened to them during the day that's like a very real thing and so you know I do find TikTok to be quite a supportive community I know not many people agree uh some people do you know have a different experience on TikTok but my experience is I've, I've had nothing but support from the people that watch my videos and you know you'll get you really get to like engage with your audience on there which I don't really feel like you get on any other platform yeah I was actually thinking about that last night um I I got on TikTok for just a few minutes and I saw actually like a lot of accounts uh going live Mm-hmm. And and so they would do these live chat rooms, I guess, where where their audience is engaging with them and like even gifting them. Like people will literally make money just like hanging out with their community. Mm-hmm. And I feel like on Instagram, I never get a live notification anymore. Like very rarely do I see people going live on on Instagram. Um, but I feel like I see that all the time on TikToks. Like you said, it's just easier to like engage with your audience. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I go live with my audience and it's fun and you play games with them and like they message you and it, it is, it is a really good way to, you know, connect with your audience. Um, I have friends that make a living, uh, just live streaming on TikTok every day. I mean, they have huge followings, like half a million, but th- that's their job. They Their job is they create content on TikTok, get paid by TikTok, and then they go live stream. They live stream and they have multiple brand deals. And like, that is their thing. And, and the, the reason why they keep getting brand deals is because they have such a high engaged audience, which is from live streaming. Wow. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Are any of them uh, beatboxers by chance? <laughs> oh, like Spencer X. Um, they are not. But Spencer, he, I really like his... Um, his uh, content. I mean, he's obviously done a really good job at creating content that all you said was beatboxer and I knew exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so I, the reason I'm asking is because I, so I don't know if you looked into anything that I do, but I'm a beatboxer and I like, I just like, I need to take that first step. Like you said, yeah. take, take advice and just like be on TikTok more. Cause I created one. I've done a few videos. I have like a little over a hundred followers, uh, but for the most part, I've just used it for consuming other other people's content. Yeah. But I was just like, man, like, I mean, I can beatbox just like Spencer does. Like, I mean, why am I like, why am I not doing that and getting, you know, the, I guess the hype that can come from it that could then like be directed to the podcast or whatever. But I would say 
the old, the thing would be is just um, just put out videos, put out three or four videos a day, grow your content, and go live once you have a thousand followers, and and you know don't worry. It goes back to that thing, right? That I said like fifteen minutes ago, where I said um, we prevent ourselves because we think there's not enough. Like we think that it, a market's saturated, right? Just because there's a Spencer doesn't mean that there's no room for other beatboxers. Yeah, true. And like, in fact, there's, there's more room for other beatboxers because of him. So if you think about it, because you wouldn't have thought that you could have a market there or, you know, whatever it is. So like, I would recommend to just get on there and just start creating content like, just keep going and just, you know, don't get in your own way and just, uh, post multiple videos, grow the account fast and, and start going live. Absolutely. We'll have to do a, we'll have to do a duet or something. Oh yeah, I'm down. You let me know. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> uh, well, so I wanted to ask too, like, how do you just balance everything? Like social media uh, is a large part of just like having fun and building personal brands and stuff too. But it's also, I mean, for me and for you, like it's a huge part of just like everyday nine to five work as well. Right. So like, what is like, do you have an off switch or are you like replying to comments like 24 seven? No, I mean... I, when I started like TikTok specifically, I would respond to comments like all the time and right away. And then uh, my first video hit 1.5 million. Like I had, I had a video that fit, hit 1.5 million. And ever since then, I've been getting um, a lot of views per video. So it's kind of really hard to keep up. I mean, I had a, three videos ago. I think I have like eight, like uh, 900 comments on a video. So um, there's, you know, it's, it becomes a lot. I will go in and I'll like message, like respond back to as many people as I can in a short period of time. And then I kind of just leave it. Um, but what I do with the majority of things that I do, I have an off switch. I don't work past 6 PM and I don't work on the weekends. Um, with TikTok, it's different cause I'm just like always on the app. I feel like, so, you know, I, I, I'll interact when I, when I want to, but as far as like work stuff is concerned, I did, uh, recently in 2019, finally implement work hours for myself, which actually has greatly helped my mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, I never really did that. I would, I was kind of like one of those people that would just work all the time, um, I am still one of those people that check my phone right when I wake up, but as far as, you know, once it hits six, like I have a call after this and then I'm, and then I'm done and I'm making myself be done. Okay. Well, I, I think that's really smart. Uh, that's something I need to work. I mean, right now I'm in this weird situation where I'm doing my own thing, but also like go to work, uh, for a company nine to five mm-hmm. Yeah. and just kind of working through that transitioning, all that stuff. But uh, when I, when I am, you know, full-time other things, like, I mean, I just go, 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 go. And it stresses me out to the max. So I could use a lesson from you, just, you know, time management, actually set hours for myself. Yeah. Setting hours really helped. I mean, for, um, from 2013 until literally August, so only like five months ago, um, I was doing two things as well. So I was always working. The turning point for me was when my mom told me that when she was visiting from New York Uh, to LA, she was like, you're always on your phone. And I realized I wasn't really enjoying like life. I was just always on my phone. And then, um, my dentist said to me too, he was like, you're, you come in here and you're just distracted and on your phone. And he's like, and you grind the back of your teeth and you're stressed. 
And I was just like, uh, I don't know what to say. And he goes, I just need to tell you something. You remind me of me. And what is it? What do you do all this for? And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I just met this guy. Didn't really know anything. <laughs> and he's just like, what do you do this all for? Like, he straight up was standing there staring at me. Like, what do you do all this for? And I was just like, I didn't know what to say. And then I realized, I was like, I don't know, freedom, I don't know, impact, like, you know, and then I realized that I was just working too much. And so what I did was, you know, when I was doing both, and like the best advice I can give you is, um, sure, Monday through Friday, you might be like doing both, but like at least take Sunday off. At least yeah. have one day because I remember when I felt like I was working all the time that I would just get, I got burnt, burnt out multiple times and to the point that I would just like, um, not be able to do much in my free time. I was tired all the time. I didn't go to the gym. I wasn't eating healthy. And um, once I finally started to add structure, even on, in my free time, that was, you know, allotted to building and scaling my own business while I was working a full-time job. It helped so much because I was able to know like, okay, on Sundays I can sleep in or on Saturdays I'm only going to work from 11 to two or, you know, whatever it is. So that like, because here's the thing, at the end of the day, if you have four hours to do a project, if you have one hour to do the same project or six hours to do that project, you're going to get it done in all that time. So the best time management advice that I've ever gotten was to set your time because you're going to get it done. If you have four hours, you can get the same thing done in one hour. It's just because you're at that four hour time, you're probably not working that whole amount of time you're procrastinating. Yeah. You're like pedal halfway down, not pedal to the metal. Right. So if you give yourself, you know, one to two hour blocks versus, you know, this blanketed question mark, you're going to get more done and, and you're also going to be working smarter versus harder. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's, that's really cool. Really key advice. Uh, even if you are just, yeah, nine to five doing your other thing, we all, we all get really busy. So that is something that could help everybody. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Anybody listening, it doesn't matter what you do, even if you're just, if you are working a nine to five and like you're sitting in front of a computer all day. Like I remember when I worked a nine to five, like, like a, um, a corporate job and like, I, or I was rather there nine to six. And I don't think I worked that whole time. I think I definitely was sitting on like Facebook at the time. You know what I mean? Like we don't, mm -hmm. we're, we're like texting, we're doing other things. So if you give yourself like tangible time goals, you'll get it done and you'll have more free time for yourself. True. Love that. Uh, well, to kind of wrap things up here, I have one. Well, actually, so I do kind of a segment at the end where I just kind of run through some questions. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into that, I had one about branding uh, because you're a brand, you know, strategist. specialist, strategist. Yeah. yeah. So um, let, let's just go the personal branding route because I think that's a lot of, of who the listeners are for this podcast. So if you maybe are just like graduated from college you, you know, have a nine to five job, you're trying to build your personal brand or even just start one. Like you've never had one before. Mm -hmm. Like what are some key, I guess, tips right off the cuff, like for someone who wants to do that in 2020? So to start their brand? Yeah. Just, I mean, they don't even have an Instagram account, nothing like just from I scratch. Say, so I would say, um, before you start, take just a little bit of time, even if it's just one hour, and write out who your market is. I think that a lot of people who build a brand off the cuff um, don't actually think about this. And then six months later, when they're not selling anything, they don't know why. Um, so I would definitely brainstorm on who your market is, 
um, who these people are, where do they live, how old are they, what kind of job do they work at, you know, um, what are their struggles, what are their goals, like who is your avatar. So, you know, write your avatar out, know exactly who you're talking to, do some research, find out the way that they speak, find out, you know, like I said, like what their goals are, what they want, what they're struggling with, how you can help them. Even if it's just like, let's say you you have a dog brand and like, okay, well, who's your demographic? What type of dog owners are they? Like, what kind of dogs do they have? What do, what are they looking for in a food brand? You know, you can always figure out who your demographic is. You, you know, throw a product at me and I can help you find it. Um, so it's like, you know, figuring out who that is and then figuring out what your message is and what you stand for and making sure that when you start to post, everything is cohesively aligned to those things. I think the biggest mistake brands make uh, in the early stages is not aligning to who their audience is and what they're doing, uh, you know, what their message is. Um, I think that once things start to get confusing for the consumer, uh, or confusing for the, the, the creator, they're going to get confusing for the consumer. So the more information you launch with, um, the more success you'll have in your first 90 days. Awesome. Amazing tips. Well, and how, how would you, I guess, advise reaching that specific niche? Like for whatever the niche is, uh, you know who your audience is. How do you make sure that you're getting in front of those ideal people? Um, well, it depends, right? Like I would do your research and figure out where those people are. First, you have to find them. Um, Facebook groups are a really great place for that if you're starting out. Um, I mean, I've made most of my income on Facebook groups and, uh, and, and I've, I've gotten most of my clients from Facebook groups. So I think finding, you know, where those people are, people love forums, people love to talk about their, you know, what they're going through and are always looking for advice on Facebook. I think Facebook is something that tends to be quite um, overlooked because of, you know, Instagram and um, TikTok and things like that. And then I would also, um, you know, start your social medias up, but I would also reach out to people in your community and see if you can find those people, you know, in person or see where they meet or whatever it is and, um, and start there. Like I highly re recommend always starting, um, with basically like the least amount of budget. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks for, for those tips. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. If you could go back and talk to yourself as a five-year-old, what would you say? I would tell myself, don't give up on your dreams. Love it. Um, what's something you really want to cross off your bucket list? Um, I really want to go to India. I haven't gone there yet. And I've been saying that for years. So I, I really want to, <laughs> I really want to go do that. I want to go for like a month and, and do the whole, like go to an ashram. Oh, that would be sweet. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to connect you with someone too that I've had on the, the podcast who went in and did that. She like traveled the world for like two years on her own. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm super down. I love connecting. I haven't even left the, the country ever, so that should oh, be... Oh, wow. That you need be. to go to India. <laughs> yeah, that should be on my bucket list too. The, the whole bucket list thing's really on my mind right now because I just had an interview with a professional skydiver. Oh, cool. And he speaks about, you know, crossing things off your bucket list. So, so that's been something really heavy on my mind lately because I feel like I just get so stuck in the like mundane like routines, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that is awesome. And I definitely agree with you. I need to do that as well. I, I need to, like, I don't, I, I used to leave LA a lot and now I, I find myself here more than I used to be. So I definitely need to like start having more fun for sure. 
Uh, well, and I saw that you're a speaker, so I had this question in there too, but what's your favorite thing to speak about? My favorite thing to speak about would be um, how we can all make an impact and I equate it back to tribes. Um, you know, community is huge for me and we all came from a tribe, you know, back in the beginning of time in Mesopotamia, the first civilization, you know, we had people, one person skinned the fish and one person took care of the kids and one person hunted and then the other person cooked. And, you know, you, you, you have this idea of like the beginning of community and, and that's all we had, right? If, if you go back to all of our ancestors. Um, so it's my favorite talk to do is the idea of tribes, community, and how we can make an impact in, um, 2020. Awesome. Um, what's your favorite word? Expansion. Expansion? Yeah. How come? I don't know. It's my favorite word for, for this year. Every year I pick a word. Expansion is my favorite word right now. Um, I feel like uh, we ha we're in an interesting time where, you know, especially if you work on the internet, it is a good time to expand ourselves, whether it's personally um, or professionally. And, and I think that we sell ourselves short so much that it's about, you know, going after the things that challenge us and, and allowing ourselves, giving ourselves permission to expand. Um, and that's kind of like something that I'm excited about. Awesome. Well, I love that. That's uh, I've interviewed a lot of people and that, and I usually, I think I've asked that question on every single episode. Um, and I've never had that word. So that's awesome. Oh, um, sweet. Favorite TV show. Oh, um, you know, I get asked this question a lot, weirdly, uh, and I never have a good answer for it. I will just say anything that's like true crime. Okay. Like, if for instance, you know, any of those like Netflix specials that are, you know, the, the mini series, anything that's like true crime, mystery, like um, Criminal Minds, stuff like that. Like just the mis like mystery shows. Is that how you are with podcasts too? Like listening to the crime podcasts? No, that's funny because I am too afraid to listen to a crime po podcast <laughs> before I go to bed. And I definitely don't read crime novels because that also scares me. But if you throw something cr like about a crime or the psyche of like psychology, I will watch it until two in the morning. Isn't that <laughs> crazy? But like, but I guess because you don't retain the information, you know, the way that you would a book or a podcast. And I, I think it also goes back to like when I was in college, I studied psychology and criminal justice. So like the psyche of people fascinate me. No, that makes, that makes sense to me. <laughs> um, okay. Favorite social media platform? Probably still Instagram uh, where that's where you'll, you'll get me um, actively where I can respond to your DMs. So Instagram or TikTok, you can find me at love, L-O-V-E. Anna, A-N-N-A-H, Rose, R-O-S-E. Uh, TikTok's fun to connect, um, but Instagram is where you'll actually, you know, really, really can get me and I can answer any of your questions if you feel like reaching out. Um, but TikTok is more fun to create content on. Awesome. Well, thanks, Anna, again, for, for being on Upbeat uh, and sharing the insight that you have. I feel like we, <laughs> we covered a lot of topics. We made a lot of ground. Uh, so thanks for, for opening up with us and sharing what you know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This was so fun. Um, super excited to have been on here. And um, thanks for having me. It, it was really, yeah, we really covered a lot here. So I'm <laughs> very excited. <laughs> That's awesome. So there's my interview with Anna Rose. Again, Anna, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing your story and your insight with us. 
And again, to everyone listening, thank you for being here listening. We appreciate that. Be sure to follow us on social media. Again, Anna is A-N-N-A-H. So her handle is at Love Anna Rose, and mine is at UpbeatPod. And if you would, please follow the podcast, leave a happy review, share this episode with your friends or your family. That would all be awesome. You guys are the best. I'll see you next week.